Psalm 1 gives us a foundation for blessing. Let me just read Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Notice what it says. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Why does he do that? Verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, he prospers. Notice that the psalmist says, he says, uh, he says, make the word of God, make the Bible, make the word of God a part of your, make it a foundation of your life, meditate on it, and what's going to happen is you're going to experience God's blessing. You're going to be like uh, uh, this tree that's by this water, this wonderful river, this water, and this water flows up and it helps you to grow. You're going to eventually bear fruit in season. And even in the midst of the difficulties and the challenges of life, you're going to produce fruit. You're going to stand strong. And so what we've done as we've begun the years, we have this, this theme, if you will, of healthy habits. Health, how can you and I have healthy habits? So we began with the, the encouragement to make the Word of God a daily part of your life. That's a, that's a healthy habit. Second thing we, we looked at was this idea of persevering prayer, that you and I had the great privilege of going to the Lord and persevering and praying for all kinds of people and needs and resources. It's a great privilege to be able to, to have access to a holy and wonderful God. So we, we want to make sure that we're praying for each other. The other thing is this, that we, we looked at using your life, allowing your life, one person, allowing your life to be a resource for good in the lives of other people, that God wants and expects to use you in the lives of other people to bring glory and honor to Him. So there's an expectation for that. That's what we... Uh, Dave, Pastor Dave talked about God's grace, how what we want to do in the midst of the harshness of the world and the callousness of the world, the difficulties and challenges of life, what we want to do is we want to be people of, we want to be people of grace. We respond to people in the difficulties and challenges of life. We want to respond with people with grace. And this morning what I want to do is I look at the great privilege we have of, of through the power of the Holy Spirit as we apply all of those healthy disciplines into our life that we have the great privilege of being able to give, not just our finances that we're going to look at this morning, but of, of our time, our talents, of our treasures. You know, you think, think of the lights, if you would, for a minute. You know, we've, we've done some things to reduce our budget and reduce some things that you all know about. And then you come and you see these lights in there, these wonderful lights. So how do we get those lights? Well, we sold some of the stuff that we have here and then some people came in and they volunteered their time, talent, and energy to be able to put those things up. And we experienced the blessing of that. And, and that's a good thing. And, and that's what God desires to do. God desires to bring us blessing in our lives as we go out and we give to other people, if you will. So we're going to look at the topic of giving this morning. Uh, here's a, a little um, thought that I, I thought you might want this morning, you might embrace. Um, the head usher sent a note to the pastor. This is a funny thing, all right? The head usher sent a note to the pastor. Your stewardship sermons are improving. Still no money, but a lot more IOUs. <laughs> all right, listen, I, I'm, I'm not doing this this morning to get money, and I surely don't want your IOUs. <laughs> I'm not collecting them anyway. I'm just not. Our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And it's a great privilege that we have to be able to 
to give up our time, our talent, and our treasure this morning. And that's essentially what we're going to do and we're going to look at. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 11, some 2,000 years ago, uh, a guy by the name of Paul, he wrote a letter to the people in the city of Corinth, and he gave them a proverb uh, that you and I are we're, we're familiar with. He gave them a proverb 2,000 years ago, but we're familiar with it. And the proverb is basically like this, something similar that they would have known and had back then. It says, you reap what you, what you sow. And so what Paul is going to do is he's going to look at the idea of, of giving. He's going to look at the idea of there were some people in Jerusalem that were going to experience some really difficult times. Maybe persecution, maybe a famine. But the people in Jerusalem were, were suffering. And he's going, to, he's going to challenge these people in Corinth and Macedonia and all of these other places to open your hands and your heart and, and give to them in a sacrificial way. And, that, and that's kind of the context we're going to look at. Today. How, how can you and I give generously? hilariously with a cheerful heart. So that's what we're going to look at this morning. So let me read our text, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to the... By the way, you could just keep going in this text. I mean, I've tried to shorten it, and even when I try to shorten it, we've got a lot here, so hopefully we can get through this. It's just a beautiful text about the heart, if you will. Hear the word of the Lord. Remember this. Remember this. That's a great principle. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man, woman, person should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Verse 8 is an incredible verse about the allness or ableness, if you will, of God. I mean, it's a beautiful verse. Verse 9 says this. He goes back to Psalm 112. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower... And bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result what? in thanksgiving to God. It ultimately results in the glory of God. That's what we're talking about this morning. The great privilege we have of living and giving for the glory of God. Father, thank you for your goodness Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the great privilege we have of, of living a life of love. And Father, I thank you for my family. I thank you for my friends here today. And I, I ask that through the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, you would remind us of who Jesus is and what he's done for us and the great privilege and responsibility that we have to be stewards of all that you've entrusted to us. So Father, give us eyes to see, ears to hear from your Word about how we can be good and generous givers. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. All right. So I think one of the things we need to remember before we even come to the text is this, that this is not, it's, it's not a money issue. It's, it's not a money issue. Some of you are saying, well, yeah, it is a money issue. No, it's not. It's an attitude of the heart. It's a reflection of, of your heart to the stewardship that all that God has given you whether it be your time, your talent, or your treasures. It's about stewardship. Jesus said these words in Matthew 6, verse 21, important words about what you give your heart to. It says this, For where your treasure is, 
there your heart will be also. Treasure is, is has the idea of, uh, of the storeroom. Your treasure could be your job. Your, your treasure could be maybe your finances or your IRA. It, it could be all of that. It could be your family. What, what, what is the treasure? What, what gives you the most delight, if you will? What is capturing your heart, if you will, in your relationship with the Lord? According to Jesus, what our hands do with our money shows what our hearts are doing with God. How are you doing with your stuff, your time, your talents, and your treasures? One of the reasons that Paul wrote this is because he wants us to experience God's blessing, that God would not only use the things that we would have to give, but he would also in turn give us a blessing because he does want to bless us with many good things. The people at Corinth would already have asked the question about giving. We know that from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1. They asked about giving. So what Paul is doing here is Paul is saying, listen, what I want you to do is I want you to be a good steward, and I'm going to give you some principles. I'm going to give you some ways in which you can experience God's blessing by being a generous giver, if you will. He says, listen, I want you to know that the churches in Jerusalem... They're experiencing persecution. They're experiencing difficult times. And, and maybe for those of you that are experiencing God's blessing, what I want to do is I, I want to I challenge you. I want to encourage you to give in such a way to meet their needs as they go through difficult times. And so what Paul does in verse 6 is he lays out the principle. Look at verse 6 again. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Notice what he begins. He says, remember, this is significant. Paul's saying, listen, I, I don't want you to forget this. There's a principle here in which to live your life, not just your finances, but your time. To, there's a principle here, and it's this. You reap what you sow. And he, he lays a contrast out here between sowing sparingly and sowing generously. If I use the phrase spare my life, it means this. It means let me keep my life. Spare my life. Let me keep my life. If I'm having a conversation with my wife and and sometimes we have this kind of conversation where I, I just stop and say, okay, spare me the details. Give me the bullet points. Give me the big picture. Spare me the details. I, I don't need all of the other stuff that goes along with this. Sometimes we have that conversation. Friday I went to Home Depot, and uh, I was walking through Home Depot, and I was actually looking for a bag of seed. And the reason I was looking for a bag of seed, because I know that around... March and, and April, the season's going to change and the weather's going to change and everything's going to change. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to need to grab a bag of seed, walk out into my front yard and take some seed and, and throw it out. And if I had this big bag of seed and I just go in and I, I pull out just a little bit and I throw a little bit here and I throw a little bit here and I throw a little bit here, what's that? I, I'm, I'm sowing sparingly. I've got all of this seed in the bag and what good is it going to be in the bag? Now, what I want to do is I want to take that seed and I want to cast it and I want to throw it out and I want to throw it out and I want to throw it out and I want to throw it out. I want to be generous the way that I can throw it out. Why? So that that seed grabs into the ground and it begins to grow. So what Paul is saying, there's two ways of looking at giving. You can either sow like this sparingly or you can sow generously. And we know that Paul wants us to sow generously because four times he uses the word generous or generosity in this text. 
And what he's doing is, he says, listen, I want you to know and understand, to be generous is to sow on account of a blessing. That's what the word means. Generous means, it has the idea of of sowing because of a blessing. Because God has been good to us, what he wants us to do is, he wants us to be liberal. He wants us to be open-handed. He wants to be magnanimous, if you will, in the way that we would know and understand our relationship with him, what he has done for us, and the great privilege we have of living a life of love sacrificially in such a way as to give to other people. And he wants us to give on the basis of a good God, of a loving God, who wants to provide for us Every good and perfect gift, the Bible says, is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting of shadow. God wants and desires us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing with other people. Okay, so when I went to Seattle, whenever I go to Seattle and all of our our family go there, we gather together and we go out to dinner. And sometimes it could be seven people and sometimes it could be like 12 people. It could be a lot of people. So um, the last time I was out there a year ago, we, we decided to do this. Rather than trying to figure out um, who's going to pay for this, who's going to pay for this, what we decided, I said, okay, let's do this. Let's take all the credit cards of all the people who are going to pay, and let's put them on a table. Put them on the table. And we leave them there. And the waiter comes over, and we ask the waiter, okay, your job, your responsibility is to choose one of the cards. And whosoever card is chosen, I know some of you are like, it's not gambling, all right? It's not gambling. So we put all the cards down. And the reason we started this is because when I was a kid, I know I realize I'm going off on tangents here. When I was a kid with four brothers, we always had to draw straws to do things. My straw was always drawn. It didn't matter what it is. So when it comes to laying all of our cards out there, I know what's going to happen. My card's going to get chosen. And it did. First time. Picked my card. I've got to call back Laura. Um, I just I want you to know that there's going to be a, a, a charge on our credit card that's a little bit high. And then it happened to me a second time. So I went out there this last time and we did the same thing. We laid them out there, out there and, and somebody else's card was chosen. But what's happened is this. The whole idea of paying for the meal has really changed. It's not a burden anymore. It's not something to be avoided. It's actually a blessing to be able to do that. And it's a radical departure from something being taken from you as opposed to something giving where you give out. And so it becomes a privilege to be able to pay for everyone's meal when we go out. And not only that, if my card is not chosen, I'm kicking 20 bucks in, and somebody else is kicking 20 bucks in, and somebody else is kicking 20 bucks in, and what's going to happen is the waiter or the waitress is what? They are going to experience the blessing of something else. Why? Because we all recognize that we have been blessed to be able to do all of these wonderful things. And so what we actually want to do is we want to bless other people. And I think that's what God wants us to do. He wants to say, listen, I've poured out my blessings upon you. This isn't about amount. This is about being generous from your heart of what I've entrusted to you and how you in turn can be a blessing to other people. And that's what Paul's getting at. You reap what you sow. And so he gives us three principles here for how to give. Real quickly, number one, look at verse seven. Give personally. Give man, woman, young, old, doesn't matter where you're at. doesn't matter your income. He doesn't doesn't qualify any of that. 
Notice what he says in verse 7. Each person should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. There's no doubt in the church in Corinth, there's a lot of different people, young, old, Jew, Gentile, a lot of variations. There's people who had money. There's no doubt there's people who didn't have a lot of money. And, and there's no doubt they're probably much like our church today. Variety of people, married, unmarried. We have young people. We have older people, variety. Of, we just have a variety of life. And what Paul is reminding all of them that, that, that there's a principle, and the principle is this. You, you reap what you sow. That there's not a set amount here. That there's no um, uh, lines that you would fill in, put your income here, put your tax. There's none of that here. The principle is very, very simple. He says, listen, you reap what you sow. And by the way, there's a, there's a principle of this in the life of Jesus. Jesus, one day, is, he's, he's sitting outside the temple treasury. And he's watching people. He's watching all the people come. He's watching the, the pilgrims come. He's watching the Jewish people come in. He's watching them give. And in the, in the temple church, there are 13 trumpets. And, and these trumpets were kind of labeled where you would, you would give a specific thing to a specific trumpet. And so Jesus is out there, and he's watching all of these people give all of their money. And no doubt the rich are coming in because it's a trumpet. No doubt the rich are coming, and they, maybe they have all of these coins, and they take these coins, and they throw them into the coin trumpet and throw them in there, and it makes all of this loud noise, and all the people are looking around. And then walks up this poor widow. She's got two coins. She walks up and just drops them in. Tink, tink. And Jesus is going, hey, 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 guys, come here. Disciples, come here. Mark chapter 12, notice what he says. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave what? Out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Listen, we know in terms of dollars and cents, we know that the rich gave more in terms of amount. There's no doubt about that. Did you notice she gave two coins? And by the way, they're worth like an eighth of a penny. If anyone had a right to keep one of those coins, she did, right? But she didn't. She dropped them in. And what does Jesus do? Jesus commends her for her giving because it was an act of faith. It was an act of love. It was an act of dependence upon God. And Jesus highlights this poor little widow, if you will, because of her giving. Maybe if you were to think of it like this way. So, so let's say that I want to send a, a package, a really important package to my dad. And so I, I get it all together and I send it to him. And then the, the package goes to my dad. And then the delivery driver puts it on the porch. He takes a picture of it. And then he sends me the picture of it being delivered. And then he takes the package. And then he takes it and he puts it back into his car and he takes it home. And, and my dad's saying, oh, I didn't get the package. Where is it at? And I said, well, I got a picture here that he delivered it. And so I call him up and I get a hold of the driver. And I ask the driver, I said, hey, what happened to the package that you delivered? And he says to me, you gave it to me. You didn't expect me to leave it there, right? Well, you'd go, well, 
Of course I expected you to leave it there. It wasn't your package. It was my package. Your job was simply to deliver the package. Our responsibility, God has blessed us in so many ways. He's made us stewards of all of this. Now he says, what I want you to do is I want you to take care of the package. I don't want you to hoard it. I don't want you to hang on to it. What I want you to do is I want you to be generous. I want you to be magnificent in your giving, if you will. And so I said, each one of you have the privilege of giving in a personal way. That's the first thing he says. Second thing he says, look at verse 7 again. He says, give purposely. It says this, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, some people are afraid to give. Some people are afraid to give. And they kind of hold back and, man, I don't know if this is the right thing to do. You know, they're, they're going over it in their mind and like, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? They give maybe reluctantly or they're hesitant. And, and a lot of times it's based upon simple mathematics. If I give money away, I'm going to have less for me. That's simple mathematics. I, I get it. We all get it. But sometimes we have this hesitancy that we don't want to give and we don't want to be generous, if you will. Um, there was a pastor who was at a church, and he would occasionally get notes. People would give him money, and they might give him a note, if you will, about what the money's for or something like that. It happens to me sometimes. I try and give it to somebody else. But a 12-year-old member of his church left a $5 bill and a note, and this is what the note said. I have my thieving money along with the signature. And they're like, he's like, what in the world? Thieving money? And in his mind, he's thinking, oh, man, I wonder if she stole some money, and this is her way of trying to, to give back and change the, the situation that she's in. So her father came into church the next Sunday, and he goes, hey, listen, your daughter left some money, $5 with this note about thieving money. I'm wondering if you could help clear it up for me. And this is what the father said. He said, that was not her thieving money. It was her tithe. She got confused between the word tithe and thieving and misspelled it. Isn't that ironic? Thieving and tithe. Because I think that's the way that some people may look about the relationship with God and money. That maybe God wants to take something from us and he wants to grab something from us. And what the text is saying, listen, I, I want you to be a, a cheerful giver, not reluctantly, not hesitantly. There's something wonderful and there's something beautiful about giving to God in a powerful way because ultimately what God wants to do is he wants to use that money in a great way, missionaries, ministries, all of that other kind of stuff. But he also wants to bring blessing into our lives. Notice how we're to give. Verse 7 says this. What you have decided in your heart, decided. It means this. It means to plan out beforehand. It's a decision. What I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to sit down before the Lord, and I'm going to look at my expenses. I'm going to look at all this stuff. I'm going to look at all of the things that go into giving. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to seek the face of the Lord, and then I'm going to give. I'm going to pray to the Lord, and I'm going to ask him how he would want me to do this. What's interesting, when you look at the New Testament, there's, there's, no, there's no form that you fill out. There's nothing to put your income here and then subtract this. There's nothing like that. What he wants us to do is he wants us to be people who 
hang on to our resources, if you will, and to give generously. You know, some people ask, well, is there a minimum? Is there a minimum amount? Well, uh, I, I would understand the text. If there's Jewish people in the church, there's no doubt that they would be in the process and the understanding of giving. Uh, they had all kinds of giving back then. So you, I would start with at least a baseline. If you've never been a part of giving, if you've never thought about this, start as a baseline for 10% and then work your way from there, looking at all of your resources, all of your assets, all of the things, and go before the Lord and say, Lord, how can we give to you? How can I be generous in it? What is it you would have us to do, if you will? That's a wonderful way for us to understand who God is, what he's done for us, and the great privilege we have of being a steward of all that he's entrusted to us. So first thing is, is, is give personally. Give, if you will, purposely. And the last thing, look at verse 9 again. Give passionately. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Why? God loves a cheerful giver, a hilarious giver. Man, I have seen that in Hope Church over the years. I've been here a lot of years. I've seen a lot of people give joyfully, hilariously, willingly. Not only their time and talent, but their treasure. Because they understand the stewardships that have been trusted to Him. And we have the great privilege of giving because of who God is and what He's done for this, for us. So I heard, this is a funny story. I heard of a girl, and she experienced a long, young girl experienced a major breakthrough in her life when she learned how to tie her shoes, all right, probably five or six years old. Instead of excitement, she was overcome with tears. She's crying. And her father asked her, why are you crying? I have to tie my shoes. You just learned how. It isn't that hard, is it? I know, but I'm going to have to do it for the rest of my life. (laughs) Some people approach giving the exact same way. I'm going to have to do this for the rest of my life if I want to be a good steward of all that God has given to us over and over. You know, what what Paul, I think, is reminding us is, is, listen, there's a way to give. You can either feel like it's being yanked out of your hands or you can give, oh, you can go and say, God, thank you. Thank you for the blessings that I have. Thank you for the salvation that I have. And I give today knowing that people are going to be good stewards of the resources that they have. And this money is going to go to people, missionaries that are being served in all over the world. Or this ministry is going to be used in such a way that someone's going to benefit from it. You know, we have a lot of resources that come through Hope Church like that. Now last, last, I think it was Thursday, somebody pulled up at Hope Church and needed help. Our food pantry was closed, and somebody in the office graciously said, listen, I, let, let me go in the food pantry, and, and let me help you. Let me give you some money. So some of you give to the food pantry, and, and that food goes toward people like that. And then uh, a few minutes later, I, I, I pulled up, and I could see her getting out of the car, and, and I looked at her, and I'm like, okay, this is, there's something different here. This gal's young. And she doesn't look good. She looks thin and frail. So I came in and talked to Peg and found out she's got cancer. And she has no food. No food. And I said, Peg, you know, what are we going to do? I said, can I go out and talk with her? And so I went out and I talked to her and I said, listen, we have this for you. You come back next week. And what we're going to do is we're going to provide for you 
We have a benevolent fund. We have some resources. And what we're going to do is we're going to get some things and we're going to pass these on to you because we want to give. And, and, and I say that because what you do is when you give to the food pantry and when you give to the benevolent fund, you entrust it to us and allow us to be good stewards of what God has given to us. And we in turn have the great privilege of blessing this woman that we don't even know who's in dire need of help. Why? Because of who God is and what he's done for us. But God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In spite of my human condition, in spite of all the things that I have and what God has done for me, what I want to do is hopefully we all want to be good stewards and we want to give back to people. So I have, I have some money in here. So I have $20 in here. So uh, let's say I was to take these $20 and, and take out five. You know, I've got 15, I've got five. So w- what would you rather have? Would you rather have five or 15? Or what, Hang on here. Would you rather have five or 15? Well, you'd rather have 15. But what you'd rather, rather, really rather have is 20, right? You'd rather have it all. But you're looking at, well, those are just ones. That's not really a big deal. Okay, let's just make these, let's make these tens. All of a sudden, instead of ones, I've got $200 and I take out and, and, and I take out 50. Would you rather have 150 or, or 50? Hmm, I probably want the 150. Okay, let's, let's multiply this by, by hundreds. And now it's 2,000. And you take off 20%. What do you have? What would you rather have, the full 2,000 or would you rather have less, 1,800, 1,700? <laughs> I can figure that out. Don't be laughing. It'll take me a while, but I'll get there. And you know who handles our finances in our house? My wife. Remember that. If, if you keep all of the money, what you've done is you've factored in a life without God at the helm. That's what you've done. you factored in a life. I, I know better than what I can do with this money. In a way, you're saying, God, I know better than you. And what God wants us to do is says, listen, whatever you choose to do, whatever you choose to do, you can't outgive me. You can't outgive me. And what I want to do is what I choose to do is this. I choose to bless you. So what we want to do is we want to use our finances in such a way that we're giving for the honor and the glory of God recognize that God's going to use that money, but he's also going to bring blessing into our lives. So how do we experience this? We actually, we actually reduce our finances in order to experience God's blessing on the other hand. So do we want to keep the 20, 200, 2,000? Or do we want to give and experience God's blessing? And there's no doubt about it, we want to experience God's blessing. There's no doubt about it because God can and will do that for us as we choose to give generously for who he is and what he's done. Okay, a couple of quotes, two quotes, and then I'll wrap this up about giving. Winston Churchill said this, we make a living by what we get, we make a life by what we give. Isn't that true? Time, talent, treasure, the uh, the ability, the opportunity to give ourselves away. Martin Luther said this, possessions are not given that we may rely on them and glory in them, but that we may use and enjoy them and share them with others. And then he says, our possessions should not be in our hands. Our possessions should be in our hands and what? Not in our hearts. That's what Jesus said. 
And what we want to do is we want to give. We just want to give bountifully, generously. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the last couple of verses and then we're going to get. What I want us to know and understand is this, that God encourages us to reap what we sow. Give generously. And what God wants to do is he wants to bring a blessing in our lives, whether it's your time, your talent, or your treasures. God desires to use us and to bless us ultimately for his honor and for his glory. Let me read the last couple of verses and then we'll get out of here. Verse 8, and, and let me just again read it. Notice what he says, and God is, is able to make all grace abound so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in what? Every good work. God desires, whatever the circumstances are, he is able to make blessing come into your life so that you can not only give, but you can serve and minister for his honor and glory, for every good work. God's able to do that. He is able to do that because of who He is and what He's done for us. God is able to take the resources that we have and be able to give them in such a way that He is honored and glorified. Look at verse 9. He quotes from Psalm uh, 112. As is written, He scattered abroad His gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. I went back and read uh, Psalm uh, 112, and it is about a righteous person who gives. It's about the righteous person who looks at the needy and says, I'm going to give, and I'm going to give generously. So what Paul does is he pulls from the Old Testament, Psalm uh, 112, and says, by the way, here is a scriptural basis for us being generous. The righteous person will give. And verse 10 and 11, God says, I'll do it. Now, this is kind of the summary. He who supplies seed, the sower, and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest of righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. In other words, Paul is basically saying, when we have the great privilege of giving and when we give, God takes that and he uses it to help other people. But also it's a way that he is honored and he is glorified. It results in thanksgiving to God. So, thank you for giving to Hope Church, for our ministries, for our ministers, for our missionaries. Thank you for your faithful, faithful giving. Don't think that it doesn't matter. Your giving matters. Your praying matters. If you've never thought about the issue, or you're kind of in and out about giving, what I would challenge you is to go back and look at the Bible and what it has to say and see if there's some principles here that you can apply. Maybe it's getting with your husband and your wife or, or by yourself and saying, well, what I want is I, I want to look at this. I want to look at this area of stewardship. And, and when I, I want to look at it. I want to look at all of the parameters here, and I, I want to decide in our hearts what will work. And I want to give in a systematic way for the honor and for the glory of God. Because he simply entrusted it to us for who he is and what he's done for us. Thank you for your faithfulness. I pray that as we continue through 2023, God will continue to bring blessings in a wide range of, of, of ways. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. 
Father, we do want to live a life of love, recognizing who Jesus is and what he's done for us, that he paid the ultimate cost for us, and that every blessing we have ultimately comes as a result of the cross. Jesus shed blood on the cross means that I have forgiveness of sin. It means I have a new way of living my life. I have a stewardship entrusted to me. Father, I have hope beyond this world, Lord. My life is radically different because of the beauty of Jesus and what he's done for us. And Father, we simply want to be good stewards of all that you've entrusted to us. Father, thank you for these wonderful men and women. Thank you for their faithfulness. Father, I ask that you would pour out your blessing upon them so that we can honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray.